Welcome to Golden Point Sports, your number one sports talk podcast. Now for your host, two guys who are killing the dad bod book, living out their faith, and talking sports, Robert Foster and Brad Winter. On today's episode, Brad and I are going to start our 2021 NFL draft coverage. And we're going to start, we're going to give our top 20 for the offense first, because, well, look, you know, we can, we can break this thing up and we can say, hey, let's do quarterbacks and let's do running backs and wide receivers and, you know, Kyle Pitts and the rest of the tight ends, you know, we can do that, but that's a lot. So what we're going to do is something a little different. We're going to give you our top 20 in offense, and then next week we'll give you our top 20 in defense. Uh, and then we will go into, I believe, I believe we'll have a mock draft. I think it'll be the draft the next week. So we'll have a mock draft that next week. A lot of fun. If you saw our mock draft last year, uh, this year might be a little different. Not, you know, not a whole lot, but a little bit. Um, but either way, should be a lot of fun, too. Uh, but, Brad, let's jump into this first and foremost. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. It's been a busy day, but I thought that's been uh... – Uh, but yeah, I'm glad to be back and talking sports with you, man. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it's definitely uh, been a busy day. I I been mowing the yard, so we're back to that. Uh, we're we're finally into that uh, part of the year, I guess it is. And you know, that's the worst part about summer, man. Like spring and summer, and even early fall. Um, that that is the worst part about it is uh, is just having to deal with just having to deal with mowing the. I just. Ooh, I don't know. Anyways, uh, at least it's not too hot, you know? I mean, it's not too hot, and that's good. So, I mean, uh, either way. All right. <clears> the <throat> first topic is the Masters, Brad. We didn't really uh, – we didn't choose a winner last week uh, for this major golf event. Um, but, honestly, I don't think either one of us would have got it right either, either way. Um, and I'm going to try my best not to butcher his name. Um I know he's listening, so I apologize to him, you know, uh, in advance. But either way, um, Heideki Matsuma, Matsuma, Matsuyama. Matsuyama. Okay, yeah. All right. So either way, uh, not too bad um, of a uh, of a butchering there, but definitely a butchering. Either way, he won, and he's the first uh, men's major champion in Japanese history. So uh, that's awesome, and congrats to him. Brad, I uh, I know you probably watched every shot of the Masters, right? I actually got to watch a little. I actually, like, surprisingly, I turned it on for, for a few minutes here or there, and I knew that uh, Masuyama was was leading uh, before. I, I had to go to a meeting in the last, like, couple holes. Uh, so I actually watched a little more than I usually do, which is nothing. So, I mean, I did a little bit better this time. Um, well, I was actually traveling, like, all weekend long, so I really – I uh, kept up with it on my phone, but that was really about it. Um, now, I will tell you something that that not really from a watching standpoint, but from a just a keeping it up with my on my phone and just kind of seeing the final scores. It, it seemed as though the golfers, maybe, you know, they they seemed uh, more realistic, more realistic, and they seemed like they struggled some. And I, I don't know if that's a you know I, I don't know if maybe that's a, a fair say fair thing to say, but. Um, but yeah, I think that they kind of struggled a little bit, and so that that uh, I think that that maybe that's a good 
You know, it makes us uh, us guys and, and gals who aren't very good at golf uh, look at it and it's like, hey, you know what? So that they struggle too, um, and that and that's nice. But either way, all right, Brad. Our next topic, of course, is NASCAR. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. He came in the clutch for me, uh, and he won. He won Charlottesville, and so I finally have a lead on you, Brad. Eight to seven. Um, it feels good. It feels good to finally have that lead feels good to finally have some more points on the board. I, I felt like we were at four three or so for, for a while, uh, for far too long. But either way, eight to seven, we both scored uh, big. Um, I scored five points, you scored three. You know, not too bad, not too bad at all. All right, Brad, but uh, who is going to be your pick this week for Richmond? Yeah, so, uh, you know, me being the uh, top expert in NASCAR, that's just unheard of. Uh, you know, in the country, uh, I went on to see what the other experts were saying, just, you know, make sure my pick was, was up there. Um, you know, and they had nothing out yet. So I went off a of base off of two years ago. I know we could, I know like this year has been weird. In fact, I picked William Byron this, uh, surprise. I just went on a limb and said, Hey, why not? It's been a weird year. Um, but, uh, Kevin Harvick placed fourth, uh, the last time out in Richmond. And, uh, you know, I know it was two years ago. Um, I know that's, that's a long time, but I want to pick him. Uh, you know, is he going to be the winner? I don't know, but I think he had a top five finish like he did two years ago. And I haven't picked him yet, and I wasn't comfortable picking anybody else I didn't know. And so, yeah, Kevin Harvick is uh, my pick for this week. Or Harvick, sorry, not Harvick, Harvick. Um, Kevin Harvick's not a bad pick, Brad. I, I, uh, uh, Kevin Harvick is a, is a guy who's uh, he's been around a long time. He's won a lot of races. Uh, and so, yeah, he's not a bad pick at all. Um, you know, he's kind of a – he's a little hit and miss now, and uh, you know, being older in his career. But, um, but hey, you never know. He might be able to tie it up for you or even get you the lead. Who knows? I'm going to actually go with Tyler Reddick. Um, he's, he's been kind of doing well recently. Uh, and, I mean, he even had a, a top five finish – or a top ten finish, I'm sorry, in, at Richmond this week. Uh, and so I'm hoping that he can at least get another top ten finish. Um, or, I'm sorry, he got a top ten finish in Charlottesville. And now I'm hoping he gets another top 10 finish in Richmond, at least, uh, you know, give me another point or so. All right, Brad, but that is who we got for NASCAR. Good luck to all of those. Uh, good luck to Tyler Reddick and Kevin Harvick, especially. So hopefully we can, uh, hopefully one of us can get to double digits here, Brad. Uh, actually, technically both of us could get to double digits. We, we can both end up being tied at 10 by the end of the week. Who knows? But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, Brad, it is time to start our NFL draft coverage. And uh, it, it's – look, I, I personally love the draft. I, I know I think you're a big uh, stickler for the draft as well. Uh, I, the draft, I think, is a lot of fun. Uh, I, I personally, a couple of years ago when they came to Nashville, I was at that one. Um, met a lot of uh, – got to meet a lot of uh, analysts uh, and, and, or at least be around them. Um, and uh, it was a lot of fun, a lot of people. Um, but the NFL draft, the NFL, they, they, Brad, they do everything big, you know? I mean, even, even the NFL draft has went from being, what, in New York to in, like, a ballroom to, to now, you know, 250,000 people show up to Nashville for it. Um, now, granted, I mean, you know, when, when – uh, Tim McGraw puts on a free concert. That probably adds a little bit to the numbers, but that's beside the point. Either way. Um, all right, Brad. So w- 
Well, first and foremost, what's your thoughts on the NFL draft or how excited are you and all that? Yeah, so just in regards to making it big, my dad got to go to the one in Philadelphia a couple years ago, and he said it was a lot of fun. Um, he got to meet a few players, Trey Olson and a few others. Uh, got to see championship rings. Uh, they had a zip line going down, uh, going, going down the main part uh, where the draft was in Philly. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, I think uh, – and just, I say kudos a lot. For thinking outside the box and how they can bring the draft to those around the nation. And so, um, you know, that's exciting, you know, because if you live in a bigger city that has an NFL franchise, you could very likely be going to an NFL draft uh, when it comes around in April. So, uh, you know, now that I'm closer to Nashville, it comes back to Nashville, which there's been some rumors that it might. Uh, you know, I might be able to get to go down there and check it out and experience it. And, uh and yeah, so so yeah, definitely uh, kudos to NFL. There's a lot of things they could probably you probably put a question mark with the NFL, but draft wise, I think they've done really well of uh, thinking outside of the box and, and getting creative with it. As far as this year's draft goes, I, I think surprisingly for me, just as we were going through prospects, at least the offensive prospects, I think there's a lot more linemen than I thought that would be uh, in our top 20. Uh, that was a little surprising for me. Uh, I thought it'd be heavy quarterback and wide receiver. I'm not surprised that we didn't end up with as many running backs as uh, other people might have. I think overall, you know, this is probably one of the better quarterback drafts that we've had probably really since uh, the Patrick Mahomes draft. Uh, you know, that's probably been the most uh, stockpiled quarterback draft that we had really before that since, what, Matt Lonhart maybe, that draft. Uh, yeah, Matt Lonhart, I think, was that the same year? Ben Roxburger, Elon Manning. That might be the year before Matt Lonhart came out. Anyway, he was a wash up in the NFL, so just like a lot of USC quarterbacks, so don't have to worry about him too much. But regardless, uh, you know, we don't get a whole lot of quarterback heavy drafts. And I think this one's lined up to potentially be one. And so that's exciting. Uh, but yeah, so we'll see how it goes. I think I think we're gonna look back and probably see less quarterbacks taking the first round than we think. Um, but at the same time, there are a lot of prospects coming out this year. Uh, that if you need a quarterback, uh, you're looking for a new quarterback for your franchise, this could be the year you find one. I think that we can expect at least four quarterbacks to go in the first round. But, um, I mean, you never know. I mean, um, we, we we saw, like, last year, for instance, I mean, the Packers traded up in order to get Jordan Love. Um, you know, did Jordan Love, was he going to fall out of the first round? I don't know. Maybe not. But um, but still, like, it's just one of those things to where it's – could someone like a Kyle Trask um, possibly move up to the first round? Um, I, I don't, I don't really see it. Um, but you know, you, you just never know. Um, I think there are going to be some quarterbacks fall. Um, and there might be some quarterbacks, honestly, that fall farther than what we think they should. Um, so like, like a Kyle Trask, I mean, if he falls to the third round, I'm be really surprised or a Kelly Mond, a Kelly Mond, like I, I mean, he, he seems like a, a quarterback who should probably go in the third round, but he could go in like the fifth. So um, I doubt it, though. Quarterbacks always seem to go higher than what they really should. But that's, you know, uh, even, even the ones that should be undrafted, they still get drafted in like the seventh round or sixth round looking for the next Tom Brady, I guess. Uh, either way. All right, Brad, let's start. Um, I'm going to take the even numbers. Brad's going to take the odd numbers, one through 20. Brad, who do we have? as a consensus for number one. Yeah, so we actually came up with consensus number one, and that is Trevor Lawrence. I don't think there's any surprise there. I think if you even barely know anything about the NFL, you probably know about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you probably know that he's a quarterback from somewhere that probably is going to go in, you know, go first. 
uh, first in NFL draft. But look, he's been kind of touted as a, a franchise quarterback in the NFL really since he first took the field at Clemson. Um, and so he had a lot of hype coming out of high school. It was a good sign by, by Dabo Sweeney. Uh, and a good follow-up uh, to Deshaun Watson, who a lot of people didn't think uh, they thought Clemson would go back down to where they were, the kind of a mediocre team. But Trevor Lawrence kept them to be uh, what they turned into a national powerhouse. And uh, he's done well. Uh, he On tape, he looks great. Uh, he's big-bodied. He has some feet in case he needs to move yardage. Uh, you know, it's kind of a downside to to Mac Jones. You know, when we talk about Mac Jones, maybe later in the consensus, uh, top 20 of ours, uh, you know, he doesn't move with his feet. But Trevor Lawrence, you kind of have the full package with him. Um, and uh, I think you're going to see – I don't know. He could have a year like a Justin Herbert who uh, does well and can get a rookie of the year going into the end of this year. For sure. For sure. Now that's of course a conversation that Trevor Lawrence going, uh, he's probably going to go to the Jags. He's uh he's probably the, I think he's one of the only for sure picks that we know, you know, I mean the Jags, there's no reason why they shouldn't pick Trevor Lawrence. Um, all right. Number two, got Kyle Pitts tight end out of Florida. Um, look, the guy, I mean, really, I mean, he's he's really like DK Metcalf playing at the tight end's position. I, I think that um, getting in the right system, he could be moved out to wide receiver, really. Um, now, granted, I mean, you know, the tight end position is becoming more and more uh, of use, and, uh, and there's a lot of guys who are dominant from that tight end position. And so if you, if you use Kyle, if you get Kyle Pitts, um, I think you're you're looking at a guy who I think could come in and contribute right away. Um, but also, uh, I mean, the guy, like I said, you know, a DK Metcalf type guy at tight end. I mean, that's uh, that that's pretty scary to think about. Um, and so I think that he's going to be able to contribute right away. And then, you know, the tight end class, especially from a fantasy football standpoint, Brad, we it's not the greatest. So. I mean, Kyle Pitts could automatically come out and be a – he could be a top five tight end um, before year's end, uh, especially from fantasy football uh, perspective at least. But either way, Brad, yeah, that's number two, Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida. Yeah, and before I, I go to pick three, just a reminder, this is just offensive players. So – Yes, just you're offensive. like, whoa. I'm going to do defense only, then we'll do a full mock draft. But – as the third choice for our consensus top 20 offensive players is Jamar Chase uh, coming out of LSU. Now, he did uh, opt out of last year. Uh, I think this could be a year to where, uh, you know, this could be a, a Justin Jefferson type thing. Uh, now, Justin Jefferson, different story, uh, drafted later in the first round by the Vikings. I think I could, we could see Jamar Chase uh, drafted in the top six or seven. And go to a team like the, I don't know, I would say the Jets, maybe not the Jets, maybe the Panthers, you know, who have Sam Darnold and, uh, you know, who want to bring in a big wide receiver who can run routes fast and, and, and fluidly. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I know we had the, the Heisman winner, Devontae Smith, in the draft as well. But I, I do think Jamar uh, Chase is a better overall complete receiver. And I think he'll do good at the NFL level. So he's at number three. Number four pick is Penny Sewell, offensive tackle out of Oregon. Uh, he set out this 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 year due to COVID, um, but he is uh, look he was he was already projected to be the top tackle taken off the board uh, before, and I think he will be the top tackle taking off the board uh, here as well. Now there's a, there is a couple of other tackles who have moved their ways up the board, um, and you'll see later on in our consensus that uh, I don't think anyone's going to get 
drafted over Penny Sewell. But now if you've also looked in some mock drafts too, Brad, uh, Penny Sewell's kind of dropped in some of them as well. But either way, Penny Sewell, uh, a very talented uh, tackle and a guy who uh, who's going to be able to start right away for any offensive line uh, that gets him. Uh, and so I think that there's a, there's a lot of suitors. Um, that's for sure. Offensive line is uh, is and is just not as um, it's not as good as it uh, as it once was. I guess we could say. But either way, uh, that is my number four. Yeah, I, there are some questions. I know he's the consensus number one in a lot of mock drafts. I know there's some some worry about him being raw, maybe, uh, maybe being a little too raw, being a project, being especially being at that high uh, in the draft. But anyway, we'll see about that. Number five for us is uh, Jalen Waddle. Alabama, of Henry Ruggs. And Henry Ruggs had a decent year with the Raiders. I can see the Raiders being a team that just makes really questionable picks sometimes and likes speed. Uh, pick him here. We'll see. But, uh, you know, he'll be good as a return man, kind of like a Devin Hester type return man. And on top of that, uh, you have a guy who's uh, good in the slot. And you don't have to worry about whether or not he's going to burn cornerbacks. He will. And I think that is why uh, he's going to go, obviously, as our, our five decision here in the draft. At number six, uh, he's not going to fall very far. It's Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. Now, one reason um, one reason why I personally had Jalen Waddle uh, in my in mine, and then that actually consensus or consensus actually made Jalen Waddle ahead of Devontae Smith was because I feel like <laughs> I feel like Jalen Waddle's done it for maybe a little longer. Maybe he's got a little more of a resume. Um, or at least a uh, more set resume because Jalen Waddle was so <laughs> maybe maybe that's one reason why Devontae Smith uh, was able to really come along. So um, would he have came along as much if Jalen Waddle would have been healthy all year long? Eh, who knows? Maybe, but either way, I think Jalen Waddle is a better wide receiver here. But Devontae Smith is a wide receiver that's awesome as well. He's a little undersized. But, uh, but you know what? They said the same thing probably about Steve Smith, too, right? So, uh, and he went on to have a, a legendary uh, career and future Hall of Fame career. But, um, but either way, yeah, Devontae Smith, a great wide receiver. Jalen Waddle, a great wide receiver. You even brought up Jamar Chase earlier at number three. Uh, and look, all three of those guys, they're most likely going to be able to start on whatever team that they go to, most likely because it's going to be such a wide receiver needed team. But, um, but still, um, all three of these guys could be uh, day one game changers for any team that they go on to. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Number seven, we have Zach Wilson, uh, you know, kind of a guy who came out, uh, you know, throughout the, as the season went on. Uh, you know, we heard – I don't think there's a lot of people thinking, oh, Zach Wilson's a top ten pick. Uh, but as the season went on, uh, that name came up a lot, and he even was in the Heisman conversation. Look, he plays in the Mountain West. There's a little concern there. I know there's another guy who played in the Mountain West named Josh Allen who's doing pretty well uh, with the Buffalo Bills. So, um, But, you know, Zach Wilson reminds me a lot of Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, he's, he's smaller. He's a smaller size for a quarterback. Uh, and he, he thrives uh, in and out of, of, of Sandlot backyard-style football. And so if you ever watch Baker Mayfield, uh, there's times where you're wondering how he uh, is not playing on somebody's uh, – you know, city uh, flag football team instead of the NFL, but he's playing in the NFL. 
think Zach Wilson reminds me a lot of Derek Mayfield. We'll see probably that go on where he goes. Um, you know, can he can he adjust to a pro style where it's more structured? Is he going to struggle like a Baker Mayfield kind of has struggled the last few years? So, um, you know, again, he's exciting to watch, but he reminds he's a lot like a Baker Mayfield 2.0 to me at least. Um, I, look, I like Zach Wilson a lot. He's definitely uh, he's definitely earned his ability to uh, to go higher in this draft. He's going to go with the Newark Jets, and uh, you know, honestly, I, I'm uh, I'm sorry is all I have to say to him, I guess. But either way, um, we, we our mock drafts in a couple of weeks. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, number eight, we have Najee Harris, running back out of Alabama. Uh, ironically, Brad and I are in two different areas here. I actually had Najee Harris all the way up at number three um overall for myself and brad had him at what 15 i believe so um or 13 something like that anyways um and so <clears throat> either way yeah Najee harris um i think he's a great i think he is a great running back um and he i think he's the best running back in this class but Najee harris i think that he brings the ability to i think and i've said this kind of a lot but it but when you're a first round pick, you you kind of have to be a game changer. Um, I well, I think Najee Harris. If let's say if he goes to a, a team like your Steelers, Brad, I, I mean he's a guy who can go in and he's going to start. And then I think he's going to be able to make that quarterback better. I think he's going to be able to make the wide receivers better, <laughs> and he's definitely going to be able to make your run game better. So Najee Harris, number eight overall for us. Yeah, and Najee Harris, like, I think he's going to be good. And, in fact, I, he's one of the guys I hope the Steelers uh, really heavily look into as a draft pick. Um, but, I, again, I, I like a lot – there's a lot of offensive talent, I think, in this in this draft. Uh, number nine for us is Justin Fields. Uh, a lot of people have him high. Uh, I've seen him go as low as kind of where we're at, 9, 10, 11, 12-ish. Uh, you know, there's some question marks with him. Uh, does Is he is he too raw? Uh, you know, he's very dependent uh, on a couple of his, you know, Alave, he was very dependent on Alave last year. When Alave was out, he didn't do well. Um, you know, he struggled against Northwestern. Who Northwestern, a good team, but again, missing Alave that game, he was having trouble produce. But uh, when he's on, he's on. And uh, he showed up in that that first game against Clemson, did well. Uh, he has pinpoint accuracy. Uh, he's good arm strength. Uh, he stretches the field with his feet. Um, so I can see him being very much like a Lamar Jackson, but a, he's a better thrower than Lamar Jackson. Um, and, and I think a team that wants to duplicate a Lamar Jackson type system, but have the passing game as part of that, it's pretty lethal. I mean, it's, I, I'm not going to say he's Patrick Mahomes like, but I think he's somewhere in between Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson as far as athleticism, his uh, decision-making. Um, so I'm kind of curious. Like I said, the game against Northwestern worries me. The game against Indiana worries me. Uh, but I think we've seen enough games where he's done well. So, uh, yeah, so he's number nine in our, our mock draft or our offensive prospects. I, I think a lot of times when it comes to Ohio State quarterbacks, Brad, is just a – are they coming from a system? Um, because you see a lot of good Ohio State quarterbacks, but the thing is, is like they never really produce in the NFL. Uh, the most recent being Dwayne Haskins, who uh, is now on your Steelers. Um, now, could could a guy like Mike Tomlin get something out of him? Sure. So maybe it's about Justin Fields going to the right system, and we'll see if he can uh, see if he can do well. I, I think that I, I think that he or the next guy on this list really could benefit from going to San Francisco and being under Kyle. But our next number ten is 
the fourth quarterback on the board here, and that's quarterback Trey Lance out of North Dakota. Um, but look, Trey Lance is a guy who – now, he only played, what, one game last year, but uh, but didn't opt out due to COVID, but I guess kind of his league did or his team did or whatever it was. Um, but Trey Lance is a guy who – He's a guy who is – he's a guy who, who's not really um, – he's not really been in the spotlight, I guess you'd say. Um, you know, you've got to look back at Carson Wentz. Are, are, are you getting a more athletic Carson Wentz? Um, if you are, then you're going to have a guy who, um, who, can, who can scramble really well. You're, I, I think in a guy like Trey Lance, you're getting a guy like Josh Allen. But Josh Allen, if he didn't get in the right system, he wouldn't be succeeding like he is. So Trey Lance, if he doesn't get in the right system, he's not going to be able to succeed. If he goes to a team like Chicago, I just I don't see it. I, I don't see it. Um, if he goes to a team like Washington, I don't know if I see it. Now, if he goes to San Francisco, okay. I You know, all right. Um, but we'll see. But Trey Lance, a guy who's um, – people have talked about, but people have kind of forgotten about as well. Yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. It's interesting that you, you compare him to uh, Carson Wentz since they both went to North Dakota State. Uh, but uh, number 11 in our in our uh, offensive top prospects is uh, Rashawn Slater. Look, I like this guy a lot. I, I've looked at a lot of his stats. I've looked at some of his tape. Uh, he looks good. He looks really good. He looks like he – uh, is a technician when it comes to the pass blocking, uh, the run game. Uh, he can play multiple positions. He reminds me a lot, uh, just personally, of Trent Williams. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be one of those offensive linemen that uh, can be moved around without having any issues on the line. And then on top of that, uh, I can see him sign a pretty big contract uh, further down the road. Now, I know that's pretty big and bold, but I, I like I, I like how he is. I think if you can keep his head on his shoulders, uh, stay out of trouble, which uh, he doesn't have any issues with that so far. Uh, I think he'll do well in the league. Uh, I think he'll be a good long-term alignment uh, for anybody who picks him up. Again, I think when it comes to technician, when it comes to – or sorry, not technician, technique, sorry. When it comes to technique and it comes to footwork, he's he's right up there as one of the best we've seen come out of the draft in regards to those types of criteria. Yeah, Rashawn Slater, if he goes before Penny so I, I don't know if I'd be surprised. Um, now, maybe a little bit, but – uh, either way, um, number 12, uh, consistent ranked player, and number two running back is Travis Etienne out of Clemson. Um, look, Travis Etienne, there's two things about Travis Etienne. You know what? He played his whole career with Trevor Lawrence, right? So, you know, is he a guy who – is he a guy who we should – we should say is a product of Trevor Lawrence or – did he possibly help Trevor Lawrence? You know, most likely not in college. I, I rarely say that in college. But um, now, you know, Travis Etienne, he's a guy who I, I would say, I would say, I think that he can be a contributing, a contributing running back. And I think at some point he will be probably one of the best ones in the game. Um, but – I, I don't know. I don't know if I could say that he's going to have – I don't know if I can say he's going to have as much of an impact as a Najee Harris, uh, for instance. I think a Najee Harris could have a – I mean, look, he's like a Derrick Henry, except for he can catch the ball in the backfield. 
Um, you know, Travis Etienne's probably more like maybe a LaShawn McCoy. Could you would you say that's a fair assessment? Maybe uh, you know, um, and, and so we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, Travis Etienne's still very a very good running back, and he will have a huge impact on whatever team he's uh, drafted to, as long as long as that team actually uses him uh, properly, as we've seen uh, some other running backs uh, not not be done with them. Um, uh, there are big running backs come out, and they just, you know, they kind of fizzle out because of the team, not really because of them. But either way, uh, that is our number 12 ranked team, ranked player, offensive player. Yeah, and then the Steelers rolled. Travis Etienne is another name thrown out there. Uh, obviously, they're the top two running backs in this draft, no, no doubt about it. Uh, but, yeah, I, and I think he probably fits probably the Steelers' uh, prototypical, historical, traditional running back style. But I digress. Uh, number 13 and 14 could really be switched in and out, in my opinion. I think these are both good offensive tackles. But we're going to go at 13 with Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. Uh, he's really versatile. In fact, if you look at his, his uh, position, he's kind of at guard, tackle, and center. Uh, he kind of reminds me a lot of Cesar Ruiz, who came out uh, a year or two ago with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you know, he's very versatile, can put anywhere on the line. Uh, you know, he's smooth. He has good foot footwork, uh, you know, and, and I think it's going to be good because and I said this about uh, Rashawn Slater, but even with Eli uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, you can really kind of throw him back and forth and, on the line and not have to worry about is he going to be able to adjust very well? Uh, is he going to be able to – to, um, you know, what, what's he going to be able to do? So, um, so yeah, so Elijah Vera Tucker at number 13 coming out of USC. Yeah, Brad, I like Vera Tucker's ability to uh, be versatile. You know, he can kind of play anywhere on the line, and I really like that a lot. Now, that's kind of the reason why I have him um, really as high as I do. I mean, he's the third offensive guy we have on this board, so uh, that's pretty good um, out, of, out of all the ones that are in there. Uh, number 14, though, is Christian Darisol, uh, offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech, a really good player, um, a really – a guy who, um, you know, he's – he's he has a um, – he he has a, a a being about him, though. You know, he, he looks like an offensive tackle. Really, he looks like he could play – he looks like he could play on defense, too. But, I mean, that's, you know – but he, he just has a – he has a presence about him. Um, and I think that that uh, I think that that is always a good thing uh, to have a uh, whenever you're looking for, especially an offensive lineman. I mean, you want to have a rough and tumble guy out there, an angry guy uh, who can deal with uh, some some defensive players who are who are really uh, defensive players who are getting better and better each year. So um, either way, yeah, Christian Darisol is our number. I believe – I hope I said that last name right, too. But either way, uh, he is our number 14 consensus player. Yeah, no, again, I was saying earlier, 13 and 14 really could be a switch out. Uh, I, I think you probably said that with the first four offensive linemen, really. I think you can't go wrong with any one of those. But number 15 is Terrence Marshall, Jr. Now, in some odd drafts, he's actually pretty low. Uh, but, uh, you know, we got to see him play this year. He's physical. He's tall. He is 6'4", 200 pounds. Again, kind of like a, a like you were saying earlier, Kyle Pitts, kind of like a DK Metcalf type build, you know, tall, kind of have some some, some meat to him. Uh, but the downside is, is that he's not the best pass blocker or, or a run blocker, and that's what makes some people worried. I guess that's why he's so low in some mock drafts. Uh, but could be a guy who could be used well, uh, kind of like, almost like a, uh, a Mike Evans, I would say, kind of like a Mike Evans where he's on the outside, 
You'll see him get a lot of red zone uh, touches um, and uh, could be a guy that you see uh, as a slot receiver in, in somebody's system. And if we got him at 15, then, you know, you could see him go somewhere. I don't know. I'm trying to think of who's in about 15, but you could even see him drop maybe far down as the Saints who need a good bulky receiver on the other side of Michael Thomas. Uh, that would be a good option for Jameis Winston. And Jameis Winston's used to having a big man on the outside with uh, Mike Evans, so it could be could be a good pickup by the Saints who need who need a, another complimentary rod. Yeah, I I like Terrence Marshall Jr. a lot. Uh, he's a guy who I have uh, my eye on as far as uh, the Titans getting, um, and as far as the next guy as well, Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota. Look, he's a guy who um, I think, you know, he, he's a guy who he comes from, I mean, yes, Minnesota's in the in the Big Ten, but uh, definitely still a smaller uh, school, you know, still a smaller uh, program, I guess you could say. Um, but he's played against some great talent. Um, and I think that Rashad Bateman, uh, he's a guy who, you know, that there are certain players, Brad, that, that you have your eye on from the first time that they get into college, you're like, okay, well, that guy's going to go high into the NFL draft, and he was kind of one of those guys. So Rashad Bateman, uh, our number 16 consensus player here, uh, he could be um, he could be the fourth wide receiver. He may go a, a, ahead of Terrence Marshall Jr. Um, a little surprising that we have Terrence Marshall Jr. ahead of him, really. Um, but I think, that, I think that both are kind of um, – yeah, I think they could be kind of either way here. But uh, that fourth wide receiver spot, it's kind of up for grabs. But uh, the top three is definitely uh, top three is definitely set out for sure. But either way, Brad, number 16, Rashad Bateman. Yeah, number 17, I have Kadarius Toney. Uh, you know, we could see him look like a, a Tyreek Hill in somebody's offense. So someone who uh, is kind of a hybrid type skill set where he could come out of the backfield. He could play receiver. You get him on those jet sweeps. Uh, he has good athleticism. He's fast. Uh, and he played in the SEC, which, you know, he had Kyle Trask to throw to him. I mean, granted, he's lower on a lot of people's mock drafts, maybe second, third, or fourth round. Uh, but, uh, you know, I thought he did well in the Florida system. And uh, teams are always looking for the next Tyreek Hill to add to their team. And I think this he could be definitely the, the guy who comes into a team and is that versatile player just like Tyreek Hill. Uh, Kadarius Tony, I think he he comes into an offense and changes your offense as far as not how well your offense does, but what your offense does. And, you know, if you can uh, look at a Curtis Samuel, for instance, a guy like Curtis Samuel is a is Kadarius Tony. I think I think Samuel's a little bigger than him though, but um, probably not by a whole lot though. Uh, but I like I like Kadarius Tony there as well. Kind of reminds me there's a couple other guys, Elijah Moore uh, and. Um, one more more there's one there's a there's uh one more more i know i think you had him a little higher than what uh, i did rondell moore rondell moore there we go yeah so, yeah uh rondell and elijah moore both kind of the same uh both kind of the same build as Kadarius tony um i guess not as fast though so uh maybe that's uh maybe that's what it is but either way um all three of those wide receivers by the way would be great options um all right Number 18, we have Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma. Again, this draft is full of great uh, offensive linemen and offensive tackle, especially, um, uh, well, maybe not full, but at least top-heavy uh, of, of great offensive tackle and offensive linemen prospects. 
Um, but either way, Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma, he's a guy that's really come along uh, during this draft process, and he's moving up the board. Pretty, um, and I think that they – I think that they will I, – I think that he's probably going to surprise some people and go a lot higher uh, than, what, than what people uh, expect. I know uh, – I think my Titans are actually uh, – are actually looking at him. To a degree, I think the Steelers are looking at him. I know the Colts are looking at him as well. Um, three teams who are picking all around each other as well. So it's uh, there. If you're going to get Tevin Jenkins, you're going to have to get him in the first round. So um, you know, let's we'll see what happens. But either way, uh, yeah, Tevin Jenkins, the number 18 ranked offensive or 18 ranked player. Yeah. So at number 19, again, he was a guy who uh, were both was was both low on our. Uh, perspective offense players, so he barely squeaked it in. But it's Jalen Mayfield, tackle out of Michigan. He's 6'5", 320 pounds. He already has that pro build. Uh, he's strong. Uh, he's really good in the run game. He's aggressive. Uh, you, he's going to be one of those guys who you want to get on a, a team. I mean, you put him on the Chiefs, I, I think he'd be good on the end there for, for Carlos uh, Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, 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 so, or Clyde, sorry, sorry Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, but you want to put him on a team that runs the ball a lot because he's going to be aggressive. He's going to be right up there um, to where he's he's pushing a line back. He has good footwork, and he's relentless. So I think if you want a guy who's going to hustle in the line, who can move the line around, uh, he's definitely a good pickup there as an offensive tackle if you need if you need somebody on the line. I like that pick. I, I, I mean, Jalen Mayfield, uh, he's kind of fell a little bit. Um, thought, you know, Tevin Jenkins kind of jumped him. Um, I think Baratucker's probably uh, – maybe even Darisol's jumped in. Uh, Jalen Mayfield had a little more of a uh, – he had a little bit more of a, uh, a committee or a little bit more of popularity uh, before this draft process. So, I don't know. That might be – that might not be a good thing that he's if he's falling a little bit. But number 20, our number 20 player is quarterback Mac Jones out of Alabama. I personally believe he's a little overrated. Look, when you have – when you have, let me look, you have one, two, three. You got three players. You have three players that's in our top 20. That's most likely in everybody's top 20 of offensive players. And you got three of them going along with you. I just, I don't know. I don't know if that, I, that doesn't, to me, that doesn't sound good for you. But now. Mac Jones, look, is he a is he a talented quarterback? Yes, he is. Um, but he's also a guy who really is boomer bust, and it really, really depends. Really depends on where he goes. I, and that's kind of the same way with a couple, with a lot of these quarterbacks, though. And I think uh, more and more it's looking like that the way that it is. Um, if he goes to a Chicago, I don't know. If he goes to a New England, maybe, maybe. Um, and so we'll see. But either way, number 20, quarterback Mac Jones out of Alabama. Brad, give us your thoughts on Mac Jones and then also give us our golden point of faith. Yeah, I, I think pretty much I had the same thought you did. I mean, if you look at our uh, offensive prospects going into the NFL draft, three of them are in the top 10, uh, running back, two wide receivers. Uh, so, I mean, Nick Saban had the offensive uh, system set up to where it would fit well with him. And so, yeah, so I, I think, I mean, Sarkeesian, uh, he did well, even with, uh, with Tua. And so for him to be transitioned over to Mac Jones, uh, you didn't see a whole lot 
of, of kind of uh, back steps with the Alabama program. So, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, bro, I mean, who knows? Maybe he's this year's Justin Herbert where a lot of teams aren't high on him. He might go higher than we think. Uh, and he actually does well during the season having to come in and play for a team. Uh, but the golden point of faith is, and I think this goes pretty well, you know, a lot of people are scared to do things. I, I think if you're going into the draft, it's really scary. You know, you don't know who's going to pick you, uh, where you're going to be picked, what day you're going to be picked. Uh, you don't know uh, what's going to happen. Uh, you know, am I going to lose money? Am I going to drop down to the sixth round? Uh, when I start falling, what's happening? What did I do? And so, you know, there's a lot of things where, especially as a Christian, uh, we have to trust God and, and he's going to ask us to do hard things. And we're going to have to just remember that he's with us. And so what I wanted to pull out of this was really uh, Exodus 4. So if you're if you're familiar with Exodus 4, it's where right after chapter 3, you know, Moses and the burning bush. And then, you know, God's still talking to Moses about, hey, I want you to go set my people free. And he's like, well, man, like, I don't speak very well. You need, you need to go find somebody else. And so here goes his response, you know, to, to Moses. Exodus 4, 10 through 12 says, But Moses flew with the Lord. Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? See or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I'll be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. So, in saying that, Moses is like, hey, I can't do it, God. And, Moses, and the Lord says, hey, like, stop making excuses and go do it, because I'm going to be with you the whole time. And so, my challenge question to you today, or anything else, is how, one, how are you answering God's call? Uh, it might not be a burning bush telling you to go set his people free. Maybe it's uh, go to church. Maybe it's uh, serve in a ministry. Maybe it's start a ministry. Uh, maybe it's moved to a different city. Maybe it's moved to the uncomfortable neighborhood in your town. But where, what is God, what is God calling you to do and how are you answering God's call? And then the second question is, is what fears are hindering you from serving him? So Moses, his fear was he couldn't speak very well. Why do you know, why do you want me to go to your people, to your, to the Israelites and tell them what your plan is for them and how they're going to leave? And I don't even know how to speak. Like, I, I stumble over my words. I, I stutter. Uh, I'm just not a very good public speaker. And God said, it doesn't matter. I'm with you. And so I just hope that as you're listening to our episode today, there's something you've been dealing with, whether it's, you know, maybe God's calling you to preach, to go talk to somebody, go share the gospel with somebody. And you're like, God, I can't. I'm this and that and this and that. Take a step back, breathe, and remember that God's with you and that he's going to go He's going to go before you and, and he's going to make things happen. So uh, I hope that encouraged you today. I hope that, uh, hope that speaks to you. And again, Exodus 4, 10 through 12, just remember Moses the next time you get scared of something that God's calling you to do. Amen, Brad. Amen. Welcome to Golden Point Sports Podcast. You can find us on Apple, YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, and more. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Let us know what you thought in your comments. And go rate us and give us reviews on any other podcast site you listen to. Again, Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode.